Yo, church home, we're in Miami. Hey, we're in Miami, man. This is wild. And you may not know this, but you have relatives in Miami. You got cousins in Miami, man. And we've had an amazing time. And we're going to continue now this series on Christianity is too hard. Christianity is too difficult. And we're trying to make sense of it. So this is part four in our ongoing series. This, I think, will be the concluding installation in this series. Um, And I'm excited about that. I don't know if it'll continue. We shall see. Okay. But I'm going to title this talk, Heard and Happening. Heard and Happening. Now, if you didn't get a chance to listen to all the sermons, um, uh, one of the sermons was titled uh, Separated and Sad. One of the sermons was tiled, uh, tiled, we tiled it, put in tile and grout. It was beautiful. Um, Was titled Intimate and Organic. Uh, Part three was titled Are We There Yet? And part four now is titled Heard and Happening. I can't wait to tell you about prayer. Heard and Happening. So Jesus says this, and I quote, I'm the vine, you are the branches. When you join with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on a bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, comma, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. You can be sure that whatever you ask will be heard and action will be put into motion. Isn't that interesting? If you make yourselves, but this is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father's loved me, so make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I have done, kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. In other words, follow Jesus, do what Jesus. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and, 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 and I want to, again, draw your attention to the fact that the emotional state of many modern Western world Christians, I have brought into question here. We are just as anxious, fearful, worried, and worked up as everybody else in the world, and I have an issue with that, because either God is God or he is not. Either we are just another man-made religion, or our God is true, resurrected, and he lives forever. So, I would like to suggest that the kingdom of God is righteousness Peace and joy. Two-thirds of the king's domain is an emotional state. And I want to know where the peace and joy is. Jesus said, if you listen to what I'm saying, I'm saying this so that your joy might be complete. He didn't say happiness. He said joy. He didn't say circumstantial. He said deep-seated, rooted joy that endures through 2020 and 2021. Now, before we go any further, let's establish something, and that is that we're all in this together. These are, in fact, unprecedented days that is insulting to your intelligence to even say, but the truth is we have never been here before. We are still in a global pandemic. The Delta variant now is on the rise. At first, I did not know what that is, but now I know what it is. It is wreaking havoc again on our country and countries of the world. They are saying it could get worse before it gets better, and all of a sudden, I thought we were coming out of the woods. I thought we were making progress. I thought more lives would be saved, and now I have right now in 
real time loved ones at hospitals who can't get out because they can't get enough oxygen in their body. I've lost loved ones. Many of you have lost loved ones. These are unprecedented days. Now, you need to give yourself some credit. Where we are, we've never been before. And we're doing two things together, where we like, whether we like it or not. We are living together and we are dying together, and we've never done either one before. And for some odd reason, we were put in linear time and space together in a similar location of the world, in somewhat similar environments and contexts, though each of our story is uniquely different. We are in this together. It is not lost on me that many people are acting like we should know what to do and where to go and what's happening as if we have done this before when in fact we have not. See, I've never been 42 before. I've never lived in 2021 before. I've never been a parent before. I've never been a 42-year-old husband before. I've never been a preacher this far into history before. I've never had to preach quite like this before. This is all new. So it is for you. As a result, much of our faith is getting somewhat convoluted. We're asking hard cosmic questions. We're all a little existential right now, aren't we? What is the meaning? What's going on? What is this all for, right? Like we're all kind of like channeling like that, like, I don't know, I was going to say like spa reflections, you know, like we're all just kind of like, just like, what is going on? I don't know, you know? Um, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think in some ways it can be an opportunity for us to truly become the spiritual being that we are. Why have we compounded now, not only the unprecedented days we're in in a global pandemic, but now we have compounded the problem, compounded the pain, compounded the agitation and frustration with a performance-based approach to a God who prides himself that his performance has done for you what yours could not. But oh, how busy we are focusing on our lives. I've said this in the multiple sermons we preach today, but it is alarming to me what sermons are um, most listened to in the United States of America. Now, I don't have all of the, of the data. I don't have all of the details, but I have a lot of friends who preach in this country, a lot of friends who are pastors in this country, and at 42, we've been friends for a while. I've been preaching for 26 years consistently. I know, I know, I look so young. Shut up. But... Um, it is interesting to me that it seems like the sermons that really pick up steam are the sermons that talk about you more than Jesus. And I think that's because that's where our appetite is. Our appetite is preacher, preach something that makes my body feel good. Preach something that makes my brain feel proud. Preach something that makes me feel exclusive and elite. Preach me something that makes me feel better than them, whoever them is. So we pick colors like gangs. And we have decided that us and them is somehow biblical. When Jesus said, love your enemies, pray for those who blog about you, and bless those who curse you. Where did that verse go? in 2020 and 2021. 
Are you like me? I strategically forget particular verses specifically when I'm online. <laughs> right? I'm like, justice is the Lord's, and I am his soldier of justice. <laughs> right? And it's funny because the Bible says you should only tell people the truth when you're in love with the person you're telling. Speak the truth in. Speak the truth to be right. No, you know you can speak the truth and be wrong. See, God cares about the spirit and attitude in which you do things, not just that you do things. So you know we can speak truth, and how wrong can we be? So there's a rule in the Smith household. You can tell somebody the truth as long as you love them. And if you're convinced you love them, feel free to tell them the truth because what will come out is truth and love. Hey, man, I just, I'm not trying. I just think that maybe, okay, okay. But boy, we telling truth to perfect strangers and we feel dignified and godly. Blue church, we're going to stay. There is wickedness in the land. And we don't mean to, but what we hear is there's wicked people we have to fight. As if God is not about people. But we, we have fallen in love with policies and principles more than people. And this, my brothers and sisters, is not what God intended. So, so, we take prayer. Prayer in its simplest form is talking to God, isn't it? Prayer in its simplest form is thinking about God, isn't it? Prayer in its simplest form is muttering to God, isn't it? Prayer, by definition, is simple. And I will prove that to you. But we have taken prayer and we have made it the practice of the disciplined elite spiritual few. Um, you ever ask anybody, do you want to pray? And they go, oh man, not me. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Which is weird, right? Because you're like, yo, man, you want to talk? Ooh, talking? I don't, ooh, I don't do talking. And some people feel that way. But like, when did prayer become this thing that we let everybody know how spiritual we are? My favorite prayers are what I call permans. They're prayer sermons <laughs> propagated by guys like me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They start out the sermon. It goes something like this. Lord, this morning when you woke me up at 4 a.m., and I got out of bed to seek your face. Within those two hours we spent alone, God, you showed me the meaning of Judges 11. Now I ask God for you to help me to, to extrapolate for God's children the mysteries of eternity. Now, God, as we stretch our hands back to curate from the life of Meshach, the brokenness and the proclivities of our own temptations. Help us resist the urge to fester in our flesh and take pride in our own deeds. Oh God, we come to you broken, humble, hurting. It doesn't sound like it. 
Now, I've been just as impressed as people's prayers as you have. There are certain people that pray, and I'm like, well, dang. Like, I just got done with a whole Romeo and Juliet production. That thing was awesome. He threw in some Ds and some Dows. She was like, I mean, I think there was some, like, spiritual, there was, like, tongues and interpretation in the prayer. And I'm going to prove to you that we've been doing this for a long time because Jesus actually speaks to where we are right now in relationship to prayer. Prayer is symptomatic of our whole spiritual journey, which has become about us more than him. We have made prayer an act of discipline when it is an act of love. And guys and gals like me keep telling you that if you're disciplined and spiritual, you will, you will pray. That is a bad teaching. I'm dead serious. I would like to say, for the record, that you will pray when you're in love. And not until then. You will role play, but you won't pray until you're in love. It's an act of love. Now, I won't say prayer is lovemaking because you'll be like, oh, man, that's weird. But, but it's a way of loving the one who has so richly loved you. And, and, and I want to show you how, how easily Jesus inserts prayer. I want you to see this. He, he just starts talking, right? And so he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And then look, look, look at verse 7, if we can, guys, just for a moment. Uh, verse 7 of John chapter 15. I couldn't remember John 15. We've been in it all day. And I'm like, John, what? Where are we? John chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus says, oh, there it is. In an organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separate, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on a fire. We talk more about that in, in some other sermons to understand that. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will listen to and acted upon. This is how. Let's do that again. Check this out. Verse 7, verse 7, verse 7. Um, but if you make yourselves at home with me, my words are at home in you. Come on. You can be sure. Whatever you ask, I'll hear it. Stuff will be put into motion. <laughs> and we're like, well, hold on. Jesus, but how do we do it? He says, whatever you ask. You don't know how to ask? You know what's so funny about church folk? is we act, we act when our spiritual life as if it has no parallels to our natural life. He's called the father, we're called the children, and we all up in here talking about prayer for two hours. And all I'm talking about is like, why don't you as a kid talk to your dad? Well, I don't know how to. Really? I don't mean like, some of you are like, yeah, to have a relationship with my dad, I, I, I don't know how to. I, 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 here's a great prayer I'll give you for free. Like, Jude, are you charging us? I don't understand what that means. It was, <laughs> that was a joke. It was dumb. Okay, red eye, red eye, red eye. Um, free. Here it is. Help! Hey! Help. 
You know what I started doing? I pray for so many people per day now. And you know how I do it? Really super fast and really super short. And you know what I did? I didn't used to pray for a lot of people during the day because I was like, oh, I don't I mean, I know if I'm supposed to, if I, the moment I start to pray, it needs to be like long and ornate. I'm so serious. So I'd be like, oh, Lord, Bill, I got to pray for Bill. I got to pray for Bill. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Bill. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, I pray that he'll go into the holy place, and there he will find his high priest, which is you. You are the propitiation for his sins. You are the one who covers him. God, like you covered the, like you covered Esau in the, well, excuse me, Jacob in the hairy animal skin, so you will cover our sins. And I, I'm, I'm so serious. I thought prayer was like, Instead of being like, yo, God, Bill. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you and I both know what Bill's probably doing right now. Be with him. And then you know what I text Bill? I just prayed for you, bro. <laughs> That's what I do. So serious. Dead serious. Whatever you ask, I'll listen to it and I'll start acting upon it. Whatever you ask. Some of you are like, I'm not a big prayer. I think you are. Or I think you can be. But we've complicated this so much. Um, I love this promise. And I see two promises in this passage, which is, which is really amazing. And, and, and here's the promise. He says, uh, whatever, 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 whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I love the word whatever here because that's a relational word. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, Pastor Rich texted me today and I was like, what do you want me to preach on? He's like, do whatever, do whatever. That, whatever is a relationship term. Whatever. You think I care? We're boys. Do whatever. Yo, what do you want to do today? Whatever. We're together. Whatever. I don't care. What do you want to eat? Whatever. What do you want to eat? We're in relationship. Whatever. This isn't complicated. Let's not overthink it. We'll do whatever. In fact, let's get in the car and let's see what happens. Let's drive around. That looks good. Great, let's go. I don't care, whatever. Like, we're friends, right? I'm not your host. This isn't an official thing. This isn't professional. This is personal. We're friends, whatever. And we don't treat God like that. Set our alarm. Get up at 6 a.m. Seek the Lord. Now, some of you, that's your personality. You remind me of my wife. She's constantly condemning me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, but Chelsea loves like rhythms and schedules. I need to be free. You know what I mean? Like, let me sleep in. And then I'll talk to God at like 11 or 2.30 and feel great, by the way. I stopped feeling bad for all kinds of stuff a long time ago. And that's why I'm happier than you. <laughs> I've been doing this so long, I figured out that some of these jokers, they ain't even telling the truth. You know, Judy, you need to really discipline yourself and get up in the morning. You get up in the morning. Me and Jesus got our own relationship. And it's different than yours. I'm so serious. Telling me I need to get up at some time and get up yourself. Talk to God at 6.45 at night. 
right? Like, when did we do this? This is like Jesus got a long while up before daylight. He was into that. I'm not into that. And he knows me. Isn't that great? Isn't that, isn't that wild? There are some consistencies and principles and teachings and doctrines which are indispensable and immovable, but do you know that God has a unique relationship with you? Why are you so busy trying to make it like somebody else's? This is my relationship with God. I turn on like movies sometimes and I pause them and I'm like, God, this is beautiful. I talked to God the other day after one of those Olympic commercials. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I've watched these, these Olympic commercials, and I'm like, oh, God, help us love people, you know, like, help all the nations win gold at the same time, God, you know, like, come on, come on, whatever you ask. Listen to the promise now. Listen to the promise. I love this part. He says, whatever you ask, I'll hear it. Stuff will start happening. So prayer is an act of love where you're heard, stuff happens, and you make a connection. That's prayer for me. Prayer is an act of love where you are heard, he starts working, and you make a connection. Prayer is not an act of discipline that you do so that you can be um, um, how should I say, you can crack the code and figure out the formula and get the results. We have turned um, like coffee with God into proving our spirituality. Do that to me and see what happens. Go to coffee with me and then tell everybody how spiritual you are because you went to coffee with me and see if I go to coffee with you again. I thought we were just kicking it. I thought we were just having coffee. Well, you know I went to coffee with so-and-so. And when I went to coffee, and they taught me, you know, and they, you, know, you could go to coffee with so-and-so if you actually were a little bit more spiritual, a little more dedicated, and you're more of a volunteer and you get involved. You know, but I mean, that's... But, and man, we're like, we, 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 we tell everybody about our prayer time. And Jesus warned against telling everybody how much you pray. I'm going to show it to you in a moment. So evidently, here's what Jesus does want you to know. When you pray, no matter what it is in our relationship, I always hear you. Boy, in 2021, is it just me or are people desperate to be heard? Just desperate. Just let me be heard. Jesus says, I hear you. And then this is my favorite part. And um, it'll be acted upon. How loose is this? <laughs> I'm going to totally hear you, and then I'm going to start doing stuff. And you're like, well, the stuff I asked for? Stuff. <laughs> What's going to be happening? A lot of stuff you don't know about. But thanks for praying. It's really gotten some stuff going. It's great. It's like, what's happening? Is she my future spouse? Is he my future? Are, are, is that what's happening? Stuff's happening, son. Just trust me. But is it what I wanted? Or... <laughs> Doesn't this verse tell you about how God sees prayer? He said, hey, when you, whatever you ask, I just want you to know, I mean, I'm totally listening. And I think we were supposed to go, what? You 
are listening to me? Wow. Like how often? All the time? Oh man, I was feeling so bummed out today and then I'm not. <laughs> you are totally listening. Like how all the time listening? Hey, you're the best, God. You're everything. Literally. He's like, yeah, I was, I was hoping you'd kind of be into that. I'm so into the fact that you listen to me. I can't believe it. He's like, it is a big deal, right? Oh, yeah. And guess what else? What? I start doing stuff. What do you do? <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's so much fun. And you know what I've learned? Turning prayer into a transaction to get results stinks. Because here's what I've learned about whatever I ask. Sometimes whatever I ask is just whatever, and I don't really mean it, and I'm super emotional, and I don't feel good, and I'm angry, and I'm mad at people, particularly Christians. And so I'm like, God, get him. <laughs> and he's like, I hear you, son. I'm so proud of you. Stuff's happening. And I'm like, is it? Like, what? <laughs> Are you going to judge him? And he's like, oh, son, it's happening. What's happening? I'm just doing what I was going to do. <laughs> I just loved connecting with you. Yeah, but am I going to get the answer? Oh, son, my grace um, will make sure you don't. <laughs> oh. Wait, am I the only one here tonight? Am I the only one watching? Come on, church, home food church. Am I the only one like, I would just like to go on record. I'll drink to this. I would like to toast here at church today. I would like to drink to all of God's prayers he didn't answer that I pray. I could have a party right now. You know how many dumb, stupid, selfish, short-sighted prayers this joker has prayed more than I would like to admit. You know what I love about God? Whatever, 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 whenever, wherever, whatever, whenever, whatever, whatever I ask, he's like, oh, son, you're so adorable. It's super selfish. I heard you. <laughs> Stuff's happening, but nothing like you asked because I'm good. Oh. Right. Woo! Thank God he doesn't answer all the prayers. Thank God we don't get all of the results. Wow, 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 wow. All right, all right, all right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, we've been preaching all day, but, but um, can I show you one last teaching. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go from, uh, these are the words of Jesus, and now we're going to go to more words of Jesus, and, and quite literally, we're about to hear Jesus teach on prayer, and in some cases, because of the message translation, this is why you got to fall in love with multiple translations, because of the original language and all the colorful ways of Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, English language fails, and so oftentimes, we don't have great transliterations and understanding. That's why you got to compare a bunch of translations and do word studies, and I would like to suggest that Matthew chapter 6 is treated very well by you. Gene Peterson, listen closely. 
When you come before God, words of Jesus now, words of Jesus on the topic of prayer, don't turn that into, when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people are making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Um, Jesus, I, I see that hand sign. Um, can you tell us what you want us to do though? Like for prayer? What, how should we pray? Okay, here's what I want you to do. Um, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to be an actor. Oh, public prayer is bad. He never said that. He just said on a regular basis, your prayers shouldn't be contingent on publicity. Am I the only preacher that feels like there's been seasons of my life I've prayed more publicly than privately? That's a delta I'm no longer comfortable with. My best prayers were in front of you. I don't want to live that way anymore. He says, I want you to find a quiet, secluded place. You'll be tempted to role play before God and impress people. And, and, and by the way, stop impressing yourself. Am I the only one that's ever prayed a prayer and thought, that was good. I gotta be honest, that was good. I was 16 in the kingdom in Seattle and my dad was speaking to promise keepers. Y'all remember promise keepers? And so my dad said, son, I want you to get up here and I want you to pray. And I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I let that thing rip at 16. The kingdom was starting to cheer and I was like, prayer's awesome. Learned some valuable lessons since then. Find a quiet, secluded place. You ready for this? Here is the complex, ornate teachings of the Creator. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. I'm what? Yeah, it's probably gonna take some time, but just, just be present. I mean, am I the only one that's like, is he referencing cell phones? Just, just don't be there. Just be here. Simply and honestly as possible. God already knows who you really are. You might as well own up to it. I mean, if you're gonna be honest with anybody, you might as well be honest with the one who can read your thoughts. You might as well be honest with the one who already knows what you're gonna do in 2037. You might as well be like, you know, Lord, I do have this problem. And he's like, I know, I love you so much. You're adorable down there trying to do it on your own. I'm your dad, let me help you. All right, so, so be there simply as long as you can. And then watch this, watch this, watch this. How mysterious is this? This is, we don't teach this about prayer. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. Are you like me? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, okay. But how do I shift my focus? How do I shift my focus? Give me three steps to shift my, shift, shift my focus. That guy almost cussed there. To shift my focus. Wouldn't be the first time. All right, so. Probably good for some of you. Okay, shift my focus. I love this about Jesus. I preached one time and had a bunch of Christians come to me and be like, you need to be more practical. We don't understand it. And I'm like, tell it to Jesus. He wrote the book. I didn't write the book. He's like, when you pray, go alone. Be there as honestly and simply as you can. And then he says, then the focus will shift. When will the focus shift? It just will. 
It'll shift from who? You to him. Am I the only one that prays? Focus on me. Now, God, I really need this. And by the way, I have a timetable down here, and I really need you to focus on my timetable. And um, it's time. This is the season. This is the now. I need it right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <laughs> Through the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I mean, am I the only one who ever, ever throws on a little PS that might work a little extra magic? And God, I could really use that car in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his, begin to sense his, begin to sense his grace. His, Jesus was full of grace and truth. You'll begin to sense his fullness. What does it feel like? You'll see. How will I know he's there? You'll know. Man, we in church is trying to tell people how to breathe. Can I just be the preacher that says, will you just start breathing? I said, I just feel like, like your lungs were meant to breathe. Your heart was meant to pump. Your brain was intended to think. And your soul was meant to pray. I'm telling you. Just... The world is so full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice. Not my words, Jesus. Peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. So is that why we're here? Is that what we want? Do we just want what we want from God? Do we presume upon the creator of heaven and earth to know what will satisfy the eternal soul that he made in us and for us? Are we that presumptuous? Are we that arrogant? Are we that self-serving? Are we that selfish? Do we actually think asking for God's will is noble? No, it only makes sense, people. Come on, human beings. If there is a God, if there is a human maker, if there is a designer, if there is an architect of the ages, and he put you together, doesn't he know best? Doesn't he know what's best for you, best for our country, best for your family, best for your future, best for your career? You know what I say, God, I want what you want. I wanna go where you want me to go. I wanna do what you want me to do. Take this body and do as you will. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. So suppress what I want and make prevalent in my emotions what you want. I, I, not my will. Your will be done. I don't want to get what I want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense, Jesus says. Don't fall for that nonsense, Jesus says. This is your father you're dealing with. Did you know some of you one of the biggest pains of your life is that you didn't have an earthly father. But I have news for you. That father was only a stand-in anyway. I'm so serious right now. For there will come a day. The sky will split open. The Bible declares the second coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that he will come on a white stallion and he will have a tattoo on his thigh and those tattoos on both thighs will say King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
and he will come again in splendor and glory, that which we cannot comprehend this side of eternity. But there will be a time when linear time and space will collide with forever, will collide with eternity. And the one who is in eternity, the one who has no beginning and no end, he will return again as a triumphant champion and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But make no mistake about it, there will be an overwhelming declaration and sensation amongst all human beings that that man who rides on the white stallion he is not just my king he is not just my lord he is not just my savior but that's my father and it's time to go home he's a father you hear me and I'm almost done that's why the band is here this is your father I'm sorry you stood up and you can stay standing I'm standing but whatever he knows this is your father you're dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. He knows better than you what you need. He, he's your dad. He's your dad. I, I just, I come in, I just start talking to my dad. I, I just start, I just start saying what I feel. Start saying, what, I, Dad, what do you think? What do you think? He says, with a God loving you like this, this is how you can pray. Simply, simply. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus says, here's how you pray. He says, pray like this. You don't have to pray exactly like this, but he says, here's an example. Here's a model. Our Father. What'd you say, Jesus? When you talk to me, call me Dad. I want you in that mindset. I want you in that mentality. I want you in that perspective. I'm your father. I'm your dad. I just want you to come to me and let the focus shift to me. And then I want what to come, what's in your heart to come out. I just want you to talk to your dad. Dad, I know you're in heaven, which is my home. And I don't even know what that means or how to comprehend forever. But here's my prayer. Reveal who you are. just what you do I need to know who you are I am familiar with your deeds I have seen your miracles I have seen your wonders I have recorded your faithfulness I remember your power but who are you I'm your father okay Set the world right. Do what's best. It's above, so below. I need some food down here. Keep us forgiven with you so that we can keep forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Here's my prayer for Pastor Rich and Dawn Cherie. Here's my prayer for Church Home. Here's my prayer for Los Angeles. Here's my prayer for Seattle. Here's my prayer for Miami. You're in charge. He has no peer. 
for no one is like our God. He sits in the heavens and he laughs at his enemies. He is fully, completely, totally in charge and he can do anything he wants and he is ablaze in beauty. So let us come together and consider the wonders, the majesty, the magnitude, the glory, the wonder, and the beauty of the Father of all ages, and the Father of all creation, and the Father of all mankind. Let us stand in all of his deeds, but let us stand in all of who he is. Woo! Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever 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 forever. Church, forever church home. He is king, he is Lord, he is ruler. So back here, apply as necessary. You hear me? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you worn out? Are you fearful? Fearful? Are you dilapidated at your own lack of discipline? Are you addicted? Are you bound? Are you holding secrets? No one, you don't want anybody to know. Are you thinking to yourself how bad you are? How disqualified you are? How you'll never figure this out? You'll never be good enough? You'll never be spiritual like them and they? You'll never be able to do this and that? I am telling you, those are lies from the pit of hell. Your father will never leave you nor forsake you. God specializes in damage I came all the way to Miami to tell somebody it's your weakness, it's your brokenness that qualifies you for all that God has prepared for you. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. So we turn all of our attention. This is what Colossians says. I'm done. I'm done. I'm right on time. 17 minutes over. He says... Don't you dare say that to somebody like me. Because <laughs> I will take you with your word. But, but literally, I love you guys. It's been a good day. It's been a good day. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm done. Now, this isn't the sermon. This isn't the sermon. This is post-sermon. The man who was inspired by God to write more than half of the New Testament, he, he had a struggle that we will never know. We're not supposed to know. He called it a thorn in the flesh. And he came to God one day in prayer. And he said, God, you you got to take this from me. I, this isn't, you know what God said? No. For it's right in that place of weakness. I'll meet you most. 
it's there. It's there. So the next time you are participating in that addiction, look for your father. He's right there. I'll tell you something about my kids, man. I'm there for them always. But there's a cry that I know in my babies. And when I hear that cry, I can be a hundred yards away. But I know the distinct cry of peril. And when I hear my babies, I am most there. What happened, baby? What happened? Who did something? What, what, what's wrong? Whatever it is, I'm here. David said, this poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. God said to Paul, he said, I'm not going to take it, son. because if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We have elders and boards. I have three boards that I answer to. I can't steal money from the church. I'm not sleeping with anybody I'm not married to. Like, I'm not messing around. There ain't none of that. I'm, you hear what I'm saying? But, 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 are you serious? You think I don't have a list of things I'm embarrassed about? I just keep telling God, if you just take it away, this would be a lot easier. Meet you there, son. All right. Here I am again. And I'm telling you, man, at 42, I know less about God than I've ever known. And I am more familiar with my fragility and my humanity than I've ever known, if with the grace of God. But he's such a good dad. He always meets me there. So I've been teaching dudes, like even in the area of sexuality and challenges, in the middle of your compromise, you say it over and over. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm God's chosen son. And he loves me. And he's proud of me. I taught dudes to say that while they were acting out in their sexual addiction. Because the power is not in self-loathing. Power is in worship. Who is this God who takes mere men and women and includes them in his story? Are we not undone? Are we not in awe? Is he not a wonder and a spectacle? Is he not too wonderful for words? Is he not everything you hoped for? Is he not enough? For as I said, the day will come 
where we will get to forever and it is there that everything will find its place. It's not that gold doesn't matter, it's just that it's what we pave the streets in there. Do you know why the gold is like asphalt? Because he is so valuable, everything pales in comparison. And do you know that the Bible says that forever, that means without end, there will be an unfolding of the a new dimension of his beauty and his majesty. And with the millions and billions of hosts of angels and wonderful spirits and the souls of men and women forever without end, we will suck air and we will be in awe again and we will be in wonder again at his beauty and his brilliance and his goodness and his majesty. So as it is in heaven, let it be here. Be amazed. Be astounded at the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The one who makes up the difference in your brokenness and your weakness and your addiction. He is more than enough. You are right where you're supposed to be. You're in the hands of God, the arms of God, and he's a good father and he loves you. And this preacher is done. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands if you're physically able.